Welcome to Good Enough-ish. I'm Brooke Forey. And I'm Amanda Jefferson. We are two organization-loving friends sharing tips, strategies, real-life experiences, and fails of trying to be good enough-ish at everything we juggle in life. I own Indigo Organizing. I help busy people simplify their lives at home and at work. I co-own Curious & Company Creative, a branding design firm, and I created the Balance Bound Planner that helps you get organized and prioritize self-care. You can find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish, and you can find the show notes over at goodenoughish.com. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498. So let's start the show. Let's do it. Hey, Amanda. Hi, Brooke. From afar. From afar again. again. Hopefully this is our, our last um, remote recording for I a while. Know, I hope so. Still a little bit sniffly over there, a little sniffly. You know, I'll take the sniffles over the violent coughing that I was doing last week any day. But yeah, but I'm like, man, I'm tired of being in this fog, tired of feeling sick. But I guess, you know, this is kind of the... um, this is what happens. This is the new, yeah, this it's winter in yeah. crazy post-current... Do we say post? It's not post COVID. No, Nobody it's still current. Post COVID. Yeah. No, we're still in it. But yeah. also, like, I really haven't been this sick for three years yeah. because we haven't been exposing ourselves to as much. So you know, I knew it was coming. Um, apparently, it's uh being coined as like the Delco crud or Delco <laughs> funk or something because <laughs> I picture I mean, a sure song it, coming. The Delco funk yeah. sounds like a yeah. dance of some sort. I'm I'm sure it's going around elsewhere too, but. Apparently, everyone in Delaware County just has this right now. So, Ugh. anywho, yeah. thanks for being along for the ride. And uh, well, when you know, we li- do finally to my sniffles, yeah, when we do finally get together, it is going to feel so special because we're going to have our caramel lattes from the Wa. Junie's going to be jumping all over you with her bulging eyes. Is she? Have you have you addressed? Well, I was going to say, enjoy it while it lasts. All that jumping, because you know it's my plan for twenty twenty three to nip that in the bud. I don't have a plan yeah. yet no, about how you know, I'm actually going to do that. It's a goal, and it will soon. Uh-huh. You will soon formulate a plan yep. to attack that goal. Yes. How is your yoga practice going since we last spoke a week ago? Brooke, I'm so glad you asked because it is going (laughs) swimmingly. Really? I am popping out of bed, Brooke. And let me tell you about something that I'm doing. So I'm getting up at seven and I'm hitting snooze, but I'm getting up at the second that I hit snooze because my goal is to be on the yoga mat by the time the snooze rings again. Ooh, that's right. Yeah, so that I, little nine minute, like yes. you got nine minutes to get over Correct. there. Correct. So, you know, yeah. I like wake up, I got to go to the bathroom, I put my contacts in, I take my thyroid meds, I feed the cats. I give Duncan, the dog that we house pets it all the time, his, his thyroid medication. Like I do all these little things. And then usually by the time that's like, you know, the seven or eight minutes that I need, and then I'm sitting down at my mat and I have graduated now to 10 minutes. So I know I was just doing, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Round of applause for you. Yeah. Wait, I don't remember which one's the round of applause. It's fine. (laughs) Wait, it's not working. I don't think. 
Anyhow, it's fine. Oh, Here, uh, you know, we, it, we we get the gist. Yeah. So but I, I deserved that one. Um, okay. Yeah. So I've graduated in five minutes, and you know what? It just feels really good. Awesome. Stret- because I'm mostly doing very lazy, stretchy yoga, and it just feels good to stretch. Well, and that's the goal. That's the point. Just like get yourself moving in the way that feels right at 7 a.m. And eventually you might work your way up to 20 minutes and, and maybe be willing not. to do and more. I might be okay with just 10 minutes. I might find yeah. my little sweet spot. Um, and then I like it because by the time I'm done, I still have time to get dressed, put my makeup on, make some tea because my thyroid meds have kicked in by then and like be, uh, you know, then move into mom mode. So I am loving it. I love it. All right. Well, you might be inspiring me. You know, I've never really been a yoga person, but see fit where I work out. And I've unfortunately taken like a sabbatical for the last month just because of holidays and illness and stuff. Yeah. They they just added a Wednesday morning, 6 a.m. yoga class. Ooh. And because we know that moving the boot camp class back to 530, I was like, Not guys, doable. no not doable, but now this 6 a.m. Wednesday yoga, I'm like, okay, maybe this will push me both to do that one day a week, get out of bed quite a bit earlier and also try something new with a new yoga teacher. So I don't know, you might be inspiring me here. Yeah. You know, the other thing I really like, you know, this woman, Sarah Bath, she's so good at just putting these inspirational little nuggets into the yoga class. So, you know, just like saying something like, we're opening up our body right now and it's uncomfortable to open up our body, just like it's uncomfortable to open ourselves up in life, but you push through it. You know what I mean? So there are these little like morning nuggets that you're like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So good for you. Thank you. Gold star. I'll take it. Gold star. I have, um, you know, heard from a few people about freezing their trash. (laughs) I really never knew (sighs) that this was a thing, that this was a thing. So we got a voicemail from one of your clients who said that she has done this in the past. Um, our friend Stacy said that when she lived in the in South Philly and I guess only had trash pickup like once a week yep. or, you know, city living, you always have right. kind of like a different setup. She said she used to freeze her trash. I'm like, I never knew this was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Fran did not invent Fran did not trash invent, freezing. But I feel no. like she's maybe inspiring people like that haven't done it before to explore this as an option. Explore the freezing of the trash. The yeah. mouse is still in our freezer. And oh, I found Amanda. another mouse in our basement today. It's time to move. So it's, A it's time to move. It's time to move. So A, the cats are doing an excellent job, but B didn't even know we had a mouse problem. And why are we getting yeah. mice all of a sudden? I guess because winter time, I guess they're coming in, but I, we didn't get them last winter. But yeah, I have a real a real problem with mice. Um I really hate mice and bats. Like those are two living beings. Mice that just and re- bats. The, yes, yeah, because bats are oof. I think bats are just mice with wings. I know they're not, but like in my head, that's the level of hatred I have for them. So yeah, I'm sorry that you have to move now, but (laughs) you're going to have to either burn it all down or yeah. Right. But I mean, little mice. Okay. So one of them is in the freezer or now two. Do we have a burial plan? Isabel doesn't listen to that, but I didn't tell Isabel about the other one because I was like, I just want to just dispose of it. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have another exciting update that's been a long time coming because we talked about Bluey, <gasps> Bluey several episodes ago. And listen, you know that like with most kids probably, but particularly my daughter, if an idea comes from me, it's a no-go. I had to kind of like introduce the Bluey idea as like, oh, you mentioned this before, right? Like I had to kind of turn it back around on her. Yeah. And we started watching Bluey. I even had a conversation with Paige because I felt like I had a little bit of sway because she admires me. She likes me. She likes me. She does like you. But she was pretty, she was not super receptive. She was like, no, this isn't just because you say it and I like you, I'm going to do it. She was like, "Mm, maybe. But she did, she liked the negotiation tactic and she has asked me if you've started watching Big City Greens yet. So you, you have to get on that. Amanda. I, I but, know because I, know okay. I haven't, I haven't. Okay. Well, I mean, Bluey definitely is the better of the two. I'm, oh, I'm just okay. going to say it, but like we're a full out Bluey household now every night, <sighs> seven o'clock, be? we sit down for our shows. Everyone is into it. Even Nick tried to pretend that he didn't like it. And then the other night I looked over at him and he had like the biggest smile on his face during an episode of Bluey. I was like, see, it's not about Bluey. It's about the parents. It's about parenting. Like there was this one, we watched one last night that um, the dad gets home from a haircut and the mom kind of like pulls him aside and is like, I need 15 minutes with no one talking yes, to me. Yes. And then she's like, by the way, your haircut looks like a mullet. mullet. Like, yep, yep, yep. I was like, oh my gosh, this is total real life. This is not too um, precious. It's just, I mean, it is precious, but you know what I mean? It's yes. not too like precious parenting. It's mm-hmm, realistic. Mm-hmm. So we are a full on bluey household now. Thank you for, for the push. You're welcome. I feel like everyone should watch Bluey, whether you have kids or not. It's like, and the episodes are like eight or nine minutes. These teeny tiny little, you know, life lessons. They're hysterical. Have you gotten to any episodes with Muffin yet? Their cousin Muffin? Yes. We are working our way through from like season one. We're now up to season three. This has been like a real, (laughs) a real binge watch experience. Isabel, because she'll watch them kind of on repeat, you know, like, oh, there's another episode. She'll be like, mom, it's a muffin one. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, I recommend everybody watch Bluey, kids or not. Um, And especially the episode with when um, Bingo, the little sister, is dreaming and is going through the whole like dream sequence. And then you see her um, like in bed with her parents. I don't, I don't want to give anything away. No spoiler alerts about Bluey here. My kids were like hysterically laughing. I happened to be in the other room and then they wanted me to rewatch it like the next night because they were like, you missed it. And it was just the sweetest episode. I don't know. From a parent perspective, it's just perfect. It's just perfect. I know. I love that. The 20 minute, the one where the mom was like, I just went 20 minutes. It was just so funny. Like Bluey's reaction. He's like, do you wish you never had us? Uh, <laughs> Bluey's like, a girl. That, oh, I know. I always, okay. I always he. make that mistake about Bluey. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when Bluey said, do you wish that you hadn't had us? And she's like, no, I just need 20 minutes. I just need a minute. I yeah. <laughs> I know. I love you people. And I miss you so much when you're gone, but sometimes I need a moment to myself. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, yeah, their mom's an introvert. She's like us. She's like, yeah. just give me a minute. Yes. And thank God yeah. the dad is just like full on extra oh money all day long. Oh, I, I can't wait for you to watch all the episodes. It's going to be like friends for us. We're going to be able to be like, did you see that one with the ice cream cones? and the? Da, da, da. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so good. 
Yes. <sighs> Yay. Amanda, how's your TEDx prep going? Because it's this weekend. It is We're this. recording this like, you know, sometimes we batch record, but we are recording this January 11th. Mm-hmm. This episode goes live January 12th. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be on the TEDx stage on January 14th. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give our listeners the link. Mm-hmm. Yes. To live stream it. Yeah. Is that too much pressure? No. Well, yes, we are going to give them the live stream. But I did kind of a blast yesterday. I sent an email to my, my, my email list and, mm-hmm. you know, LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. And I started getting all these people saying, I'm going to watch it. And I was like, you're like, oh, that, that backfired. Never mind. TEDx canceled. Like I was just kind of like now oh. imagining, I mean, you know, people that I went to high school with, people that my clients, like cousins, like I'm like, oh my God. No, oh, it's going to be so amazing. Do you feel nervous? Do you feel ready? Do you feel everything? Everything. Everything. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think there's nothing that can, you can rehearse and rehearse and rehearse, but I'm excited to um, be up in front of a live audience and knowing that they've never heard this before, you know, because yeah. I have repeated it over and over and over again to myself so many times, but I'm excited for people to hear it for the first time. It's going to be a little controversial, Brooke, you know, it's a little <gasps> bit of a controversial topic in a way. So, oh but that's gosh. the whole point of a TEDx is to start conversations. Okay. I'm excited. And then next week we'll come back and we'll talk all about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm really excited <sighs> for you to be there. Okay. I know. I'm so excited to be in the audience and I'm so excited that I won't be having a coughing fit because last week I was a little worried. I was like, am yeah. I going to get over this mystery sickness so I can attend? So yeah. I will be there with literal bells on. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if I was like ringing bells in the audience? I know. That embarrass you? pom-poms. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can do it. Don't put it past I me. I still am. I am still um, glad about the decision that I made for Fernando.com. It's weird that like, it's also, I mean, if it were unlimited tickets, I would have a bazillion people there, but it is just one. And the truth of the matter is, is that I just get for some reason very nervous around him. Yeah. And that's just no, the way I that totally, it is. I totally get that. I feel like that's, I mean, I was always someone that you know, I was involved in theater and high school and college and I took dance for my whole life and like getting up on a stage and performing for complete strangers. Like in my head, that was fine. Mm -hmm. But yes, when there's someone that you're close to who knows maybe a side of you that other people don't, it's so much more vulnerable to be on a stage in front of them. Yeah. I don't know what that is. So I'm honored to be your guest, but I can't wait to, um, I can't wait to share with everyone. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So, well, should we take a... I wanted to share just one little update, which was many episodes we talked about values. Yeah. And um, you worked on your values. And I actually want to come back to that episode at some point and kind of like see how your values are going and all of that. Yeah. But I came across this... Um, definition of values that I thought was really helpful. And so I wanted to just read it. It's from this book, um, Indistractable. Um, and I will put all of the information in the show notes about this book, but it's basically about how to focus more, which is something that I have been finding very valuable as I explore the fact that I probably have ADHD. Hmm. But he says here, um, values are how we want to be 
what we want to stand for, and how we want to relate to the world around us. A value is like a guiding star. It's the fixed point we use to help us navigate our life choices. So I really loved that. Yeah, I think that's especially great. I don't know, going into 2023, I feel like so many of us are, you know, exhausted as we've talked about from the last three years and just kind of ready to start fresh. So that idea of just looking at it through this lens of your values Mm -hmm. and and what you want to be and become and um, what you want your world to look like. Yes. I love it. So maybe, Brooke, because we're going to do a little bit of workshopping after the break about a little tricky problem that you're having, maybe we could even look at your values and see, (gasps) is there a way that your values could help guide you on how you're going to solve this problem? I don't know. Something. Oh, I like it. I don't know. Why not? I don't know. I don't know. know. It should be fine. It should be fine. It should be fine. Let's take a break. We'll be back. Bye. Hey listeners, Amanda here. One of the best ways to support this podcast is by leaving positive ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you're on an iPhone, find that purple podcast app, search for Good Enough-ish, scroll down to the ratings and reviews sections to tap five stars and write your own review. You might even get a shout out on the show. Your support means so much and will help new listeners find us. Thanks so much. Now back to the show. All right, Brooke, we're back. We're back, Amanda. (laughs) I sense you uh, feeling a little bit stressed. We're going to tackle something that's been a challenge for you. So I think when we started planning for this podcast last April, this might have been one of the first topic ideas that I wrote down because it is such... (sighs) It's such, it's such a point of contention for me. And it's at a point where like, I can't ignore it anymore, even though I've said that every year for like the last five years. Uh huh. So Amanda, yeah, let's just dive in. It's photo management. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I have always been someone who has loved to take a lot of photos. Like back in the day before digital photos, like I was the one bringing like four rolls of film to the prom Mm. so that I could capture all those moments with my friends. I was always the one to get doubles and hand out the the doubles to my friends. Like Mm -hmm. I love photos. I'm not a great photographer by any means in terms of like actual camera skills, but like I love capturing moments. Yes. I'm sentimental. I'm an old soul. Like photos mean a lot to me. I always loved having friends like that because I was not that person. So I was always very appreciative that somebody else was. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm that like to an annoying extent, like Mm. sometimes I probably always have my camera in people's faces, but like, especially (laughs) as kids are growing and, you know, we are so lucky to have my kids like four grandparents in their lives. And like, I want to capture important moments. My problem is that I capture them and then they live in the cloud. So my situation is that, um, my oldest child is now 17. um, No, (laughs) yeah, a little over 10 years old. And I have very few physical photo albums to show for that. And it embarrasses me. It horrifies me because I don't want to ever like lose those photos somehow. So I have 
not one, not two, but three backup systems in place. Okay. Uh-huh. Some of which I am paying for. Uh-huh. And yet, and yet, and yet, I just, I don't have the physical evidence of these photos. And I would like to go back and make, you know, photo yearbooks of, of particular calendar years just to make it easier, not necessarily worry about making albums of events or things like that. But I have such a hard time culling the number of photos that I take um, into a manageable number of favorites that can go into albums and then I think about ugh, the cost of getting caught up on 10 years worth of albums, like where to begin. What do you mean the cost, the time, like the, or the cost like of like printing the, actual 10 years of yeah, albums? Yeah. Like both. Yeah. The time involved and also the actual cost of like printing 10 years worth of, of photo albums that I would like to get caught up on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I have, I have, paid for a course in the past about photo management on your phone. I stuck with that for maybe a couple months. Um, got wind of a couple great apps there for really like trashing duplicates and, and things like that. But uh-huh. I just, I've, I've fallen off the bandwagon again. So we're going to kind of workshop this and yeah. I need some help and I need some accountability. And this podcast is my accountability. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, you are all here to get us to do the things that we want to do. Well, and I have a feeling that this is a pretty relatable topic for oh, a lot of yeah. people. It's kind of like, you know, the, the course that I took, um, or that I paid for years ago, it's, I think it's like an evergreen course that I can go back and look at any time. It was with this woman, Denise Brinkman, who has some great tips for um, managing your your photo, um, whatever, your camera roll. Yeah. But a lot of the question is just like where to begin. Do you go back and try to manage all the old photos yes. or do you just go nuclear and start from you know, where you are now. But my problem is that I, there's just so many pictures on my camera roll. There's so many um, from like Graham's early childhood that were from my digital SLR camera. You know, I just, I have too many photos. Yes. Oh, Brooke. So that's where we are. Oh, that's Brooke. where we are, Amanda. Help the, me solve the, my okay. problems. The first place that I want to start is just giving yourself a little bit of grace. Like you use the word embarrassed. Do you, where does that come from? Do you think people are sitting around being like, can you believe that Brooke doesn't have photo albums for her kids? I mean, what kind of terrible person is Brooke? Like, where does that word embarrassed come from? Uh, That's such a good question and a good point. I don't think it comes from like, I, I don't care necessarily what anyone else thinks. I think, you know, I look at like, Listen, I don't know if this is something all parents or all moms do, but I look at like, if I died tomorrow, would Uh anyone in my family know where to find Uh all of these photos? Uh Like, like doc, I've documented their lives since the moment they took their first breath. Like, Mm -hmm. and so I get a little panicked, like, because I look back at photos from my childhood, which such with such fondness and you know, photos of my family and my extended family in New Orleans, who I used to only get to see a couple of times a year, if that. And, um, I just, I look back at those memories with such fondness, but then I also think like our parents weren't taking a hundred photos, like an hour they were taking 
two rolls of film for our entire trip to New Orleans, yet I treasure those memories. So it's like, do I need, um, yeah, I think that's where the embarrassment comes from. It's like, I've spent so much time documenting our lives, but I have no physical proof to show of it, you know? Yeah. So I want to continue, I want to get back to something that you just said about the, um, you know, how much you treasure looking at your past memories. But I also just want to continue on the grace topic for a second, because your kids pre-COVID were still pretty young, you know, like you were still kind of in the toddler trenches. And so I don't, you know, like Paige was still little. What was she, three before the pandemic? How old is she? She had had just turned four that February. Exactly. So you are still very much in the toddler trenches when nobody is really has the time to do these kind of photo books. Plus you're running a business, all that. And then you add a pandemic onto all of that and you still have a toddler and it's still, you're still trying to run a business and dealing, you know what I mean? And so I think like the first step is grace. And yes, I understand that you don't want to just keep on giving yourself grace for the next 10 years. You really want to get this project done. But when you use words like embarrassed, like, okay, let's remember like what was happening in your life in the world and why you couldn't tackle this really overwhelming project. True. Okay. And then to get back to your point of how much you treasured those memories, exactly like you are not thinking about hundreds upon thousands of photos that you have looked at. There's probably like a photo of you and your cousin at the zoo in Florida or whatever it is, you know, like there's very, it's a very curated, small collection of your childhood. And I think that's, that does stop me up a lot because I am such a nostalgic person. And so curating or culling what I have, because we do live in this digital age where like you can take thousands upon thousands of photos and you're not putting a new roll of film in the camera. Like it's, um, it's expanded my catalog Mm -hmm. of photos so much to a point that it is overwhelming and you know how easily I get overwhelmed. So it's, yeah, it's a lot of, um, maybe embarrassment wasn't the right word, but like just complete overwhelm. And I'm like, I was mortified the other day. I got the email from Google that was like, you're out of space. Yeah. You're not going to get any more emails. You can't back up any photos. I got that too. Yeah. So what did I do? I bought more space and it's like, this is ridiculous. I'm, you know, I'm paying like $2.99 a month for Google. I'm paying, um, a certain amount to Amazon photos per year, because while you do get a, uh, unlimited free storage of photos on your Amazon prime account, that does not include video. And mm. so it's like, I've got video, but then I also look at my camera roll and I've got, you know, probably 30% of my camera roll is videos for work for, you know, doing Instagram reels. So it's like, it's just complete overwhelm. I'm getting yes. off topic. Like the, no, the main topic here. I think it's, you got to yeah. talk through it. Yeah, I do. Um, and so I think, you know, one thing I need to do is get back to some of the tips I picked up in that course from Denise Brinkman. We'll link to it in the show notes, but just 
starting to at least separate the personal photos and things from the work Mm -hmm. and the social media type of content Mm -hmm. so that I can at least look at a lot of things with a clearer lens, even if I'm starting from today and Mm -hmm. not worrying about going back to the last few years Mm of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, accruing all of these images. Now, am I correct in remembering that another piece of friction in this process too is that, like what, what program were you going to use for the actual photo books themselves? Are you imagining these photo books being, cause you know, you're a designer and you're a very mm-hmm. creative person. And so mm-hmm. you don't really go to a good enough ish place when it comes to design. <laughs> like yeah, for me, like chat books are like perfect. They're super good yeah. enough ish, but that, that ain't going to cut it for you. Yeah, this is another unfortunate personal flaw (laughs) in that, like, I have to find the right solution. I will say that um, I did make a photo book of the first six months of 2020 because it was like we were home and not doing much. Yeah, and I used Mixbook, Mixbooks, um, and I liked it. It was fine. So I should just continue with that. I know that you have used chat books. I don't. I don't know. I think because I do take so many photos, like I think chat books would pile up so much more because it's one photo per page. Uh Whereas with the mixed books, I could kind of mix up the layout, but then I'm also taking that on is actually physically laying it out. And yeah, so it's like, there's so many steps involved. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, maybe what I really need to do is outline every single micro step that is like, okay, step one, Yes. choose the um, photo book printer. Step two, choose the standard layout template that I'm going to use for every single one, you know, okay. and, and not worry so much about like trying to change it up all the time, just sticking with one. And listen, if I get five, five years in, five years worth of photo books in, and I realize I don't like this template, I can change it. And it's not going to have, like, no one is looking back and saying, well, her 2022 photo book doesn't match 2014. So. No, Brooke, nobody yeah. is. Nope. Nobody is. Nobody's I know. doing so that. I, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself I to think... find the right solution. I and know. in the meantime, I've found no solution. I think... The other thing that is challenging about this project for you is that you are making it all the years. Like, what if I told you you're only allowed to do 2022 or you are only allowed to do, say, the second half of 2020 and 2021? That's all you're allowed to do right now. Because the thing is, is that there's going to be some trial and error involved in this, right? Like you're going to get faster and smarter and better at picking the photos and curating. And so you want to take that learning and then be able to apply it to like, oh, okay, awesome. I did 2021 and I learned so much and now I can do 2019 or whatever it is. So I really wonder about just chunking it down, especially because the, these photo softwares, they you can just look at, give me only 2021 photos. Like that's it. That's yeah. all I want to see. And yeah. what would, how would that feel to just start with one year and maybe the most recent year? So maybe 2022. Yeah, that's a good point because I think one of my sources of overwhelm is, like I mentioned, when Graham was born, 2012, like we were using our iPhone cameras, but they weren't quite as advanced as they are now. So I was still using my digital SLR. So I have 
you know, different folders in the cloud, on Dropbox, wherever, um, that are like, some were from the digital camera, some were from my phone. complicated. Uh, Yeah. Some were from Nick's phone. Like, let's be honest, Nick takes like 20 photos a year and I'm the one that's collecting the most. And, and I have to let go of the idea that if I leave out some photos from a particular year because they were in another place, that that was a wasted effort. I just need to make it and accept that it's going to be imperfect, but at least it lives somewhere out of the cloud where my kids can page through it and remember those memories. And, you know, because sometimes little memories will pop up. We have the Amazon Fire Stick on our TV and when we have a show paused and the screensaver comes on, Mm. it is pulling from my photo stream Mm -hmm. and they'll see photos, you know, from 2017, that page is like, I don't remember that. Look how little I was. And so I want my kids to be able to see those memories of of the times before, you know, they were old enough to remember. Mm. Um, But I want them to be able to do it more regularly in a photo book form. So, okay. So then to that point, would you rather start with an earlier year instead of 2020? Like I'm basically working towards getting you on your first step. Like, the, yeah. so are, would you rather, instead of working on like 2022, would you rather work on maybe not 2012? Because I don't think it's good to dive into the whole complicatedness of the other thing, but maybe is there a different year that you'd rather start with? No, I think you're right that I need to start with 2022 because it's, it's the recent. most recent yeah. and it's probably going to be easier for me to cull photos that I feel like I keep saying cull, curate, whatever. Um, it's going to be easier for me to curate photos of memories that I feel a little less sentimental about. I think that's another issue as I look back at the like, you yeah, know, the 2014, like, whatever. Look at this. Oh, like, my oh my God, gosh. they're adorable in every single pose. Exactly. So I think just kind of starting with the more recent stuff that I'm maybe a little less wistful about Yes, um, is a really good point. I had been thinking about going back to the beginning, but maybe working backwards is how I need to do it. And then by the time Graham graduates from high school, I'll be done his baby album. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a lot. I have like my chat books that I have are, um, I would have to look back and see. I don't know how many years I've documented and which months, da, da, da. like I, you know, but, um, you know, I'm just, well, I, I'm still in the giving myself grace period, uh, because of everything that we've been through over the past couple of years. But I feel confident yeah. that I don't feel as overwhelmed as you are because I feel confident that. I'm going to stick with chat books. All I have to do is go into my phone, click heart on a bunch of favorites and like, we'll be on our way because I, yeah, I don't have as many as you do. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So what, (laughs) what do you feel like is a realistic goal? So are we saying that your goal is to create a photo album for 2022? Are we saying that that is your specific goal? I think that's what we're saying, Amanda. Okay. I think, um, and yeah. When, yeah. When do you think is realistic that you could complete that goal? Because what you need, you just need some momentum. You need a quick I need win. momentum. You need some I learning need... behind you of this. I like this. This is the process I used. Right. I need, I think my first goal needs to be to have um, like cleaned out and put into specific folders Mm -hmm. from my photo stream, all of my 2022 photos by the end of January. Wow. Wow. Okay. Is that too much? 
February? Am I, you tell, like, what am I? I don't know. You always talk about March being the new January and it's so crazy yeah. with planner season and things like that. So, or if, 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 but if it feels like you, you know, so what do you think? Let, and, let's say, <laughs> see, this is where I get in my own way. Let's say end of January. Let's do it. Okay. Let's, I'm, because we're recording this January 11th. That gives me what? 19 so end days. of January, you will have a 2022 folder of photos. Correct. Correct. So then I think the trick is, Brooke, is just looking in your calendar and saying, figuring out exactly when. Yes. When is that going to happen? Are you going to do it in one big chunk? Are you going to do it in little chunks as you're watching TV? Like when are you going to do it? Right. I need to go through like a quarter, like a, a 2022 quarter every five days. Yeah. Right. And I think it's important, like this is where timers can really be yeah. your friend where, yeah. cause you're not going to want to do it. You're going to think of a million things to do instead yeah. because it's going to feel very overwhelming. But if you just say to yourself, I'm just going to do this for 25 minutes and like gamify it a little bit, like how many full, how many photos can I get saved or how much progress, how many months, how many weeks can I get saved in 25 minutes? And nine times out of 10, when that 25 minutes comes up, you'll be in the groove yeah, and you'll be like, oh, I'm going to keep going. Or you'll say, oh, this is miserable and you will stop. But yeah, just committing to no. do it for 25 minutes. Okay. So 25 minutes every five days basically is how I'm going to figure it out. And then I will be back to report on the photo curation at the yeah. end of January. And then I think, you know, having an album laid out by the end of February doesn't feel unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. I would also love to hear from our listeners, like how they're handling this and how they're thinking about the fact that, you know, photography and photo management has changed so much since we were kids. And like, like I'm thinking, okay, I need to make these photo books because having a physical book is a great way to look through your memories. But like in 30 years, is that what, is that what our kids are going to be doing? Um, and obviously no one, no one knows that, but I would love to hear if there's people that have a different approach to photo storage, photo displaying. I know some people have those digital frames, but how are you preserving your memories? So not to be grim, but like, so when you're gone, those memories will live on in a way that they will actually be seen. Yeah. Is there a better option than photo books or is like, I mean, you know me, like I still believe that paper and printed items are alive and well. And I don't think print is dying, but I'm curious. Maybe I have a little bit more of an old school mindset here. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I will be curious to hear from our listeners. And I'm thinking of Linda in particular, um, who I actually worked with recently and we used a service called forever to, um, back up a lot of her photos. And it's mm. a really nice service because essentially they, they promise to keep your photos forever and they can be in albums and things like that. So that if you do pass and your iPhone is no longer around and your computer is no longer around, people can actually go into your account and see, you know, summer barbecue 1995 and see that photo. And you can even make, um, you know, slideshows and photo books and that sort of thing from that. So there are services that, that do exist, but yeah, I would love to hear from people about how they're tackling this. Yeah. And Brooke, we talked about just really quickly connecting it to your values. And yeah. so your values 
were, and this is, you know, rough draft. We're still yes. deciding. Yeah. Community, authenticity, vulnerability, laughter, optimism, and quiet. Mm. So when you hear those, how does that guide you in any way about how you might want to approach this project? Yeah. I mean, I think authenticity stands out a lot in terms of, um, you know, we live in this very social media focused world that a lot of things are very curated and look beautiful. And, you know, I do sometimes fall into the trap of comparison and I need to do that less, but just an authentic photo album that might be messy and might not have perfect photo captions and might look cluttered, but not worry about that because it's authentically us. It's, it's our family and it preserves our memories no matter how they're presented. So I think that's something I really need to keep in mind. Um, you know, and laughter. I yeah, want to show all the great times. The laughter. Yeah. And same with community. Like you guys out at Dining Under the Stars or at baseball or with friends or whatever it is and really showcasing that community too. And I think yeah. I really encourage you too to use these photo albums as a way to capture your moments that aren't necessarily family moments. Sometimes I will put in these photo albums you know, you might even put like pictures of planners or us doing the podcast because I like to see kind of the chronological of like, oh yeah, Graham was in baseball and we launched this podcast or, you yeah. know, so I really encourage you to, um, in the photo albums include, you know, other things that aren't necessarily family. Yeah, that's so true because even though the obvious priority is to make sure that I'm preserving some memories for my kids, I, for my kids, I think, also preserving the fact that, you know, Nick and I have a life outside of yes. being mom and dad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, showcasing some of my business wins and personal, you know, nights out with friends to remind my kids like, Hey, while, while you were going to bed at eight o'clock and, <laughs> um, you know, like mommy read you a bedtime story, then sometimes she was able to go out and, and, maintain her friendships. So, um, yeah, that's a really good point. Not necessarily focusing so much on only curating those family moments, but just including it all in kind of one messy, imperfect, vulnerable presentation. Right. Like it might even be in your phone, in your album, you know, your friend, Matt, like taking the, the back, that picture with Debbie Gibson in the album. Oh, that's going right? on the cover. Right. Yeah. Like fun stuff yeah. like that. Awesome. Well, I'm yeah. excited for you, Brooke. I, I like the, the, I think you have created a very bite-sized step that I feel confident that you can at least make some really awesome progress on. If you come at the end of January and are like, oh my gosh, I'm 75% of the way through 2022, that's huge. And that's so much further than you've been before. So I yeah, I commend you for your Thank you. You pre-commend me for my, <laughs> the work I'm going to do. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I feel good about this. And I, I'm appreciative of workshopping it together. I'm interested to hear what other people are doing and I'm excited to have like an actual goal and some accountability. Yay. Yay. Good all enough right. All right. Well, I'm going to let you take a deep breath from all that and uh, we'll take a little break. All right. Bye. You're listening to the Good Enough-ish podcast with Amanda Jefferson and Brooke Forey. 
Visit goodenoughish.com for show notes with information from each episode, as well as links to all the places where you can find us on the internet. Now back to the show. We are back. We're back. Back. I'm excited Ooh. to. I know that was a doozy, right? I bet. I need a nap. I know. Yeah. After yeah. like talking through that, I mean, it's it's been yeah, it's just it's been hanging over my head for literal years. But you're about to take that dragon by the tail. I am. Is that a saying? Nope. <laughs> it is okay. now. I was gonna say I've never heard that one. It is now. <sighs> Can I just say that um completely unrelated to anything that we're talking about, but I just watched Elizabeth Gilbert's TED Talk again. Have you ever seen her TED Talk? I don't know if I have. <sighs> it's so good. I mean, it was sort of a mistake to watch it because it's one of my favorites <laughs> ever. And um I so I wanted to watch it again as I'm preparing my own. And what I loved about it was in many ways it's very unpolished. Like there's yeah. lots of like ums and you knows and I was thinking and and, and and I love that because that took a lot of pressure off. But there is a um there is a part in there where she talks about this poet pulling a poem by its tail. And that's what I thought of. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I highly encourage everybody to watch Elizabeth Gilbert's TED Talk. It is delightful. Okay. We'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah. Anywho, it's completely switching gears. Brooke, what is sparking joy for you right now? So I've mentioned before that, um, you know, makeup is, is something that just, <laughs> I've never quite, <laughs> a little baffling. Um, the kids these days have much better makeup skills than I do. Mm -hmm. And they got the YouTubers is, and them. they got the YouTubers and, you know, makeup is fun. I try not to take it too seriously. It's, it's not, I try to emphasize, especially to my daughter, the fact that it's not I don't wear makeup to look prettier or to look better, but it's just kind of a form of self-expression or mm -hmm. to, um, it's for me, it's not for anyone else, but uh -huh. I also, um, just have never fully grasped how to wear eyeshadow <laughs> the right way. Like I've jokingly, but also totally seriously said that I buy the little eyeshadow palettes that have the little diagram on the back of like which yeah. color goes yeah. where. Uh -huh. And I even posted on our Instagram stories last month, I was getting ready. I was going to a wedding. We were all fancied up and, um, I had to YouTube, uh, <laughs> like how to put on <laughs> eyeshadow. Cause I just, it, it I don't really know how to it put baffles on eyeshadow. Me. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm like, which color goes where? So anyway, Something that's been a little extra foolproof for me have been the Thrive Cosmetics Eye Brighteners. Mm -hmm. So it's basically like an eyeshadow stick. And it's mm. just, it takes the little brush out of the process. Mm -hmm. It feels quick and easy, fun and easy to apply. And then I just kind of use my finger to like blend it together and I'm done. And I look fancy and polished the once a month that I put on eyeshadow. So those have really been sparking joy for me. And 
since I discovered them and have been using them, I found that like a lot of other brands have these eyeshadow sticks, which I didn't realize. Wait, I have a question. You're saying them. So are you putting on multiple colors at the same time? Are you? Oh, well, if I'm going for eyeshadow, okay, what are you doing? I'm usually going out. So I'm using like the lighter color Uh as up to um, like the brow bone, right? Like the brow bone Uh and like right here, what's this? That's key, the inner eye. I know. Like that inner inner eye. eye. Yeah. So uh-huh. I use like the bright, you know, like a, I don't know, whatever. It's supposed to make you look more awake. Uh, uh-huh. You know, it's not scientific here, Amanda. Like no, that's my okay. terminology. Yeah. You know? We're just trying and to look more I awake. And then I use, yeah. and then I, you know, cause I, I was having fun with them and I had bought two initially. So I bought two more. So I'm like having a little more fun with the blending of the colors. Okay. Um, you certainly don't need to use two or three, but I have been, I've been okay. using like the lighter one on the brow bone and the inner eye. Okay to brighten up my eyes uh-huh. and then I'll use a more like pinky neutral tone okay. and then um I'm pointing as if our people can see I'm like <laughs> I, just know, I wish I could narrate like screen. a soccer commentator and now Brooke is pointing <laughs> to her and I'm just the thingy you know and then I take like the darker tone and <laughs> put it on this part of my eyelid. So yes. Nobody now did the lovely about. people at Thrive Cosmetics um, help you choose the right colors for you on their website? They're all pretty neutral. Okay. I mean, so I should clarify that I'm using the eye brightener, which are pretty much all like neutral okay. tones. Mm-hmm. They do have, I think something that's under a different name. That's actually like more of an eyeshadow stick, but mm-hmm. it's it, that have more colorful, um, bold colors. I'm not going for that look, but I think essentially they're the same product. They're just kind of presented differently. Okay. Um, so yes, I'm not using, um, I'm sticking with the neutrals. I referenced my color guru makeup guide to see which kind of tones I should be going for. And then I watched some of their little tutorials about how to how to use some different colors. So it's sparking joy. It's oh been gosh. fun. I am yeah. a huge fan of Thrive. I love their, I think it's called, I'll have to look it up and put it in the show notes, but I think they're both called Buildable Blur. And one of them is, it's, I always get them confused whether it's BB cream or CC cream. I'll see which one I use. But I use- I don't them. understand which either of them are. <laughs> I'm like, BB what? Like, I don't understand. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. Um there are differences and I can't remember. I think what I have is a CC cream and I have the under eye concealer because I have raccoon eyes. I have very, very dark circles. I inherited them from my mother. Thank you, mother. Um, And so I need to, I think I need to explore their eye brightener because I do the under eye concealer under the eye, but then I don't necessarily do the brightening above the eye and in that Mm -hmm. inner corner of the eye. And I think that's where you really get the awake looking properties. That's the science. looking properties. I love it. That's the science. Yeah. So it's been fun. I found that ELF, E-L-F, I don't Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. how, if, yeah. Um, I don't know either. I don't know if you say the name or the acronym. Anyway, uh, they have a version which is much less expensive. I've I've gotten tons of targeted ads since I bought the Thrive one. Well, you and I talked about this the other day, I think, when we were doing our podcast prep. And Uh, then I started getting all the targeted ads. It's very creepy. The other thing nice to say about Thrive is that it is uh, a clean beauty brand. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's one of the cleaner ones out there. So it's a, a good one to... And it's, um, is it a B Corp as well? B-Corp? It might be. Okay. It might be. Okay. We got to look into that because it's not Thrive Cosmetics. It's Cosmetic. Con- I think there's some sort of cause background. We should probably maybe look that up. It's fine. <laughs> 
yeah, whatever. Kind of we'll share it in our show notes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the show um, notes are like, that's where we make up for all the things we missed when we record. It's fine. It's fine. Amanda, that's what's sparking joy for me. What are you doing to do your future self a favor? So I felt very on top of it the other day because I had a doctor's appointment, my annual OBGYN, and I have started using a tool called Notion, which you do not need to use to do this, you know, do your future self a favor in this sense. But what I am doing is I'm basically building a little list in Notion of all of my doctor's appointments mm-hmm. and trying to do a really good job of after the doctor's appointment, I actually even just transcribed a little note, like I talked to my phone and ga- talked about what we said in the appointment because, you know, she's saying things like, um, it's a little OBGYN talk here, like, okay, yes, we're still doing mammograms every year, but we're going to only do pap smears every three to five years. And I actually do um, a further screening beyond my mammogram called a, I think you've done it too, the fast MRI breast screening. Mm-hmm. And she wants me to stagger that and not do it at the same time that I do the mammogram, but then do it every hmm. six six months after. And then after that, maybe two. So it's a lot, right? And in the moment, I'm sort of nodding and shaking my head like, okay, okay, perhaps we're da, 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 And then you forget. So yeah. I made a little list of, okay, this is the date, what type of appointment it was, OBGYN, who I saw what and what we talked about. And I'm even going to take it a step further because she gave me an order Um, you know, that piece of paper, the script that they give you for your mammogram, I'm actually going to scan that into this note so that if I lose that piece of paper or whatever, because I have thyroid issues and, um, you know, as we, as you know, I lost my sister to breast cancer several years ago. And so being really on top of all these appointments and, you know, just remembering what happened and what's the next step. Because even with my thyroid doctor, she's sort of like, oh, okay, well, I don't need to see you in another two years, but that can be a virtual visit and make sure you do the blood work before and don't forget to get an ultrasound. And so I'm doing a better job of documenting what the heck happens in those actual visits so that I, my future self can actually follow up on all the things that I said that I was going to do. That's so smart. I know that um, like I'm in the um, mainline health network with, uh, several of my doctors and you can go into your chart and look at, Correct. you know, some summaries, but it's the summary that the doctor gave, which doesn't always yes. completely match up with like, because I'm someone who I'm like, okay, speak slower. I'm supposed yes. to do what, when, and how many times that like, I need, I need a, a lot of clarity. Yes. Um, And so looking at the notes from my doctor isn't always sufficient enough. So I love that you're doing this. And it's also really helpful. Like I thought about this last week when I had this horrendous cough. I'm like, I know I've had this cough before, but it's been years. And I don't Mm -hmm. remember, was it Delsum or Mucinex that helped? Or, you know, I'm like, what, what did I do that? provided the most relief. So I want to do the same thing kind of for me and for the kids yes, because a lot of times kids. yeah. Oh, when kids are sick, it's always like 2 in the morning, you know, and somebody yeah. woke up with something and you're like, "What did we do last time that made them feel better? Was it the 
hot shower or the humidifier or the yeah. So all of those little pointers and um, references to both appointments and illnesses are so good to have because when you're in the thick of it, sometimes you forget um, what was that thing that they told me or what was that thing that helped. And also, I mean, a lot of times, you know, I would love, I'm actually going for a mammogram this afternoon. I would love if I could just make my appointment today for next year's mammogram, but I can't because their computer system doesn't, you know, go that far ahead. So sometimes just being able to have a single quick reference guide of when you did certain things and when you're due for them, because they'll send me a letter like next December, oh, you're due for your mammogram, but it's December. It's a busy time of year. And, you know, sometimes it's just difficult to fit those things in. So yeah, yeah, being able to look back. Yeah. So, so certain notes apps, you could even set up a reminder, like save that note and then say, remind me about this note in six months or whatever. And then it will tell, you know, um, cause like I'm due for a colonoscopy, which will be delightful, (laughs) but I can, um, you know, set a reminder. So that note will be kicked to me when it's time for me to schedule that and I'll have all the order and everything that I need right there. And because something else that I've learned too, is that a lot of times the doctor's records aren't always as complete, you know, they'll be like, Oh, that's so weird. I don't have that ultrasound that you did two years ago, but I really want to do a better job of having all that stuff at at the tip of my fingers so that I can. Yeah. And I feel like I have such a fuzzy concept of time you know, I used to get kidney stones. And so I used to go to a urologist like once or once a year or every two years, just for Mm. like a general follow-up, make sure there's no other issues besides being a stone former, which is super fun. (laughs) That's what I am. Um, but like I was thinking to myself the other day, I'm like, Oh yeah, I wonder when my last follow-up was. And then I was like, well, it was definitely before COVID because I don't remember wearing a mask in that office. So sometimes you lose just a sense oh, yeah. of time. Years go so by. I, Years oh go my by. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yes. So, and I think <sighs> you can keep it super simple. You don't have to do, you know, you could even just create a little note on your phone, type in, you know, whatever it is, and you can create a folder in that notes or something. It doesn't have to be complicated, but just kind of, I did it like sitting in my car in the parking garage after the visit to just be like, okay, yeah. this is exactly what just happened. And I already forget. So I'm glad I wrote it down. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I'm glad your future self will thank you. Yes, she will. Future Amanda, you're welcome. All right. Well, this was fun, Brooke. I can't wait. Next time we record, we're going to be in person and it's going to be post TEDx. (gasps) I might still be like just laying horizontally on the floor, like, oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah. uh I mean, you know, I've been recording for weeks here. Yeah. We can record from that position. No one said we couldn't. Let's do it. All right. We make the rules. The good enough rules. rules. All right, everybody. Talk to you soon. Good luck. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Good Enough-ish. We will be back each week with new topics, stories, tips, and personal experiences, as well as some good old friendly banter and lots of laughter. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish. Email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498 with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Bye.